Bibles, if you would. <clears throat> well, have I ever told you I hate electronics? Stay there. James chapter 1. Put your marker, uh, book, uh, your ribbon, something in James chapter 1. We're going to be starting in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So James chapter 1 and then 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5. And we've got a long introduction here, so we're going to get to these verses in a minute. Um, but <clears throat> we've got a little bit of an introduction that we're going to be talking about. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, James chapter 1, uh, but we're going to be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 first. Uh, so... <clears throat> All right, while you're finding those two passages, uh, you know, periodically, uh, I have people will come to me and they will ask me uh, what I believe is a a very pertinent question for for most people. Uh, Most most people, especially those who are saved, uh, would like to know the will of God for their lives. And they, they, the, the question is this, Pastor, how can I know the will of God for my life? Now, is that not a, a good question to ask? I, I, I have asked that question literally probably thousands of times in my life. How can I know the will of God for my life? This morning, I want to answer the question uh, of I want to answer that question before we get to commandment number 14. We've been uh, looking at, uh, in uh, chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, the 22 commandments that God gives us, uh, gives the New Testament church uh, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We've been looking at those. This morning, we're going to be talking about uh, commandment number 14. But before we get there, I want to talk about the will of God, because I believe Understanding what the will of God is for our lives helps us understand commandment number 14. And when we get there, you'll understand, hopefully. So, let me start off by saying this. My understanding of the will of God has three primary thoughts. Now, this morning, and I'm not apologizing for this, I'm just kind of warning you, uh, especially in the introduction, I'm going to give you a lot of information, okay, because uh, I I believe this information is critical to understanding the will of God for our lives. There are three primary thoughts, and this is them. Number one, the will of God never goes against Scripture. The will of God never goes against Scripture. Number two, the will of God always brings glory to God. Okay? The will of God always brings glory to God. And then number three, the will of God never creates, or excuse me, I don't know why I used the word never. The will of God always creates growth in our lives. It always does. So, We're going to look at these very quickly here. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, the Bible says, uh, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, do you see the progression in this this passage, this, this verse? 
uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. There's a progression here. It starts with, don't be like the world. The things of this world should not be attractive to, to the believer. We should be different. The second step of the progression is that we need to let God change us. If we are not going to be like the world, then what do we need to be like? We need to be like God, or, or, or more specifically, more like Jesus. So if we are not like the world, we need to allow God the ability to change us. The, second prog- or the third progression here, more specifically, is we need to let God change how we think. See, because if, if he will change how we think, he'll, that will change how we act, and that will be opposite of what the world is. Do you, do you see the progression? The fourth part of the progression here is that when we are not like the world, we let God change us, we change how we think, then we can experience the will of God for our lives. Do you see the progression? So, thought number one, the will of God never goes against Scripture. Simply put, there are some things that I don't have to question. There are just some things I don't have to question. Let me give you an example. Uh, In Exodus chapter 20, Moses gives the children of Israel uh, something that is very, very common today. Uh, we, We call it the Ten Commandments. Okay, uh, I want to read a few of those just to kind of give you what I mean that it uh, the, the will of God never goes against Scripture. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 20, verse 13 to 17. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, thou shalt not cover thy neighbor, covet thy neighbor's uh, house, thou shalt not cover thy... What I keep saying that? Covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservants, nor his maidservants, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor. So there are certain things in Scripture that the will of God never goes against. I had a man one time who uh, came to me, and he was he was he was struggling in his in his marriage, in his relationship with his wife. And he was he was in the in the midst of an affair with a with a with a woman, and I I I called him on it. I said I said how you know it's no wonder you're having marital problems if you're having having an affair. And he said, but pastor, you don't understand. I prayed about it, and God said it was okay. I, I was I was flabbergasted. First Thessalonians chapter four and verse three, for this is the will of God. Okay, so so you, you get this statement for this is the will of God. So anything that comes after this is the will of God. Does that make sense? I mean that's just logical, right? Even your sanctification that you that you should abstain from fornication. See, the will of God never goes against Scripture. So, that might help answer some questions in your life. Because occasionally, people will come to me and say, 
Pastor, do you think that whatever this is, is against the will of God? One of the very first things I do say, okay, does it line up with Scripture? That helps answer that question. The second part, the will of God always brings glory to God. Always. Luke chapter 22, verses 41 and 42, and he, being Jesus, was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was, was facing that, that very, very soon the crucifixion on the cross. And we can, we can look at that, that scenario, that, 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 that potential scenario that is about to happen. And Jesus, being the Son of God, knew what was about to happen. And he says, hey, if, if there's any way I can get out of this, I want to get out of it. But the most important thing is your will for my life. Why? Because Jesus was more concerned about doing the will of God so that God would be glorified in his life. And oftentimes we need to ask ourselves that same question. Is this activity, is this whatever in my life, is this going to bring glory to God? And oftentimes, again, people will come to me and ask me that question, and, and, and oftentimes I say, I can't answer that question for you. That's something that you need to, you need to deal with with God between you and God. I don't have all the answers. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 to 7, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understandings. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. So in other words, where do we need to turn to for wisdom? When we, when we are questioning if an activity or a, or a whatever is, could quite possibly fall outside the realm of the will of God, what do we do? We turn, we turn to God for wisdom. Number one, the will of God never goes against Scripture. Number two, the will of God always brings glory to God. Number three, the will of God always creates growth in, in your life. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 16, it says, Yet, if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. There are times when the will of God for your life is to take you down a dark road. There are times when the will of God for your life is going to take you through some difficult circumstances. Why, why does God do that sometimes? Because he wants us to grow through it. He wants us to, 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 to stretch us and to make us into something that we're not. Life is full of difficulties. I can promise you this. I, I, am, I, am, I am not a sorcerer, okay? I, but I do know this. This is one, there are three truths. Either you are in the midst of a trial right now. Number two, either you just got through going through a trial 
Or number three, you're getting ready to go into one. That's part of life. Life life is a series of, of difficulties, is it not? And God will bring us through some of these difficulties to grow us, to make us stronger, to make us more like him. In 1 Peter chapter 1, and verses 6 and 7, it says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season. If need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, or not, uh, temptations here, you could, we could put the word trials or, or, or tough circumstances there. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. What is, what is Peter saying here in, in verse 7? That the trying of your faith is more precious than gold. See, that's priceless. When God does a work in your heart and your life, and he stretches you and he makes you more like himself, that's priceless. So, we talked about the three primary thoughts behind the will of God. Now I want to talk about two types of the will of God. Okay? So I hope I don't lose you here. Like I said, I was, I'm going to give you a lot of information here at the beginning. <clears throat> two types of the will of God. The first one is the apparent will of God. The second one is <clears throat> the ambiguous will of God. That's a big word. I had to look that one up to be able to spell it. The first one, the apparent will of God. The apparent will of God is a very simple concept. And that is, there are some things that I simply do not have to pray about. There are just some things I don't have to pray about. I want to go back to what we were talking about earlier. Uh, uh, I, don't have to, I don't have to pray about whether or not it's right to go rob a bank. You know, it's wrong. I, I don't have to pray about that. I, I, I don't have to pray about whether or not I need to be faithful to my wife. That, that, that's a non-negotiable. There are just some things in Scripture that are, are black and white. They're apparent. At the beginning, I told you that I'm often asked, Pastor, how do I know the will of God for my life? Most of the time, that question falls into the ambiguous will of God. What, what, what is the ambiguous? Am, ambiguous means the uncertain. You, you're just not quite sure whether or not what to do in the, in the, in the confines of the will of God. This question is a difficult question to answer oftentimes. Sometimes we are just uncertain about what God's doing in our lives. I've been there, I can't tell you how many times. But when people come to me and ask me, uh, <clears throat> they are hoping that I have a magical pill that I can give them, that, okay, take one of these for three days and then poof, you'll know <laughs> the will of God for your life. 
How, how do I know that's what people want from me? Because there have been times I've, I've gone to my pastors in the past and, and, and wanted him to answer the question for me. The, the, the problem is there is no magic pill. The, 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 oftentimes, my answer is, is pretty simple. Walk with God today. Just walk with God today, and he'll take care of tomorrow. And I almost always get a look of, are you kidding me? <laughs> but that's what it is. Let, let's, let's read Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 again. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. See, we, we can't look into ourselves for the answers to the will of God. We need to look to him. What did Jesus say in Mark chapter 3 and verse 35? He said, uh, for, for whosoever shall do the will, of the, the will of God, the same as my brother and sister and mother. One of the things that I've had people say to me, and, and a lot of people have said this to me, I want to know where I'm going to be in five years. Do you know what my answer is? Always. No, you don't. Because if you did, you would run like Jonah. <laughs> we don't, we don't want to know. <clears throat> That's why we are given Psalm chapter 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. <clears throat> the phrase, the word is a lamp to my feet. There are times that God illuminates just right here so that you can take one step at a time. And, 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 that's, and I must say, that is oftentimes the majority of the time that's where we live, right here. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, just illuminating enough so that you, you can see just, just enough to take a step or two. But then he says, and a light unto my path. That's when God will periodically illuminate a, a, a portion of your life and say, okay, this is the direction or this is the will of God that I want, that I have for you. This is the direction I need you to go. See, there are times, and, and again, most of the time, God just illuminates right here. He just wants us to be faithful in, in steps every day, just step, step by step. That's, what he, that's the majority of what we need to live. But occasionally, he will illuminate the path, and he'll say, okay, this is the direction that I want for, for you, you to cover. Let me give you an illustration. Last week, we had two families here, uh, the... Um, Gleisers and the Tilsons. Both of those families have moved to Reno uh, in, in the hopes of uh, sometime next year starting a church in the university area 
of Reno. At least that's their goal. Okay? So <clears throat> what, did, what did God do in those two families' lives? Actually, there's two, two other families, so there'll be four families coming to start that church. So in, in the lives of those four families, what did God do? He, he illuminated their path, saying, okay, this is ultimately, this is what I want you to do, so you need to set your goals to go that direction. But at the same time, God is illuminating their steps so that every step is to go that direction. You, you follow the, the, the logic here? Too often, we want to know what's going to be out there, and we want to go, we want to take giant leaps to get there. And God, says, say, God is saying, no, 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 no. The will, my will for your life is, is right here. You live for me right here today, and let me take care of tomorrow. Now, will they start a church in the university area of Reno? Who knows? But that's the goal. That's their goal. That's what, that is the desire that God's put in their hearts. So, you have the, <clears throat> the um, I just lost my place, the uh, apparent will of God and the ambiguous will of God. So, having said all that, 1 Thessalonians, and I, I didn't even turn there myself, hold on. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, in verse 18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So, what is what is Paul telling us here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18? The will of God for your life is to be thankful for everything. Now, would that fall into the apparent will of God or the ambiguous will of God? That would be the apparent will of God. He is, he is making it very clear. You don't need to pray about, well, I wonder if I should be thankful for this. No, God says be thankful for it. Be thankful for everything. Now, there is an understood truth here that not only are we to be thankful for everything, but the understood truth here is for every person as well. Every everything, every person that comes into our life, we should be thankful for them. And you say, but pastor, there are a lot of things in my life that I'm not thankful for. Well, then obviously you're not understanding how God works in your lives. Because if you can look back, you know, one of the one of the things that Melanie and I experienced early in our marriage, we, we've been married um, 38 years, uh, and the first year of our marriage, uh, I was, uh, what, an E4 in the, in the, in the Navy, uh, E3, E4, something like that. Anyway, I didn't make any money. <laughs> we, were, we were poor. Yeah, yeah, we just lived on love. <laughs> but uh, we went, uh, the first winter that, that we had in our, our, our marriage, uh, we went the majority of that winter without any heat. 
we couldn't afford because the, 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 the mobile home that we lived in ran off of uh, fuel oil. And, and, and you had to pay for it up front before they would deliver it. We couldn't afford it. We, you know, the only source of heat we had, and at the time we had the old-fashioned waterbed, you know, the, the, you know, and we just cranked that sucker up, and that's, man, we just lived in the waterbed. That's what we had. But you know what? We look back at that. At the time, it was miserable having to shower in the cold and get ready to go to work and stuff. It, it was horrible. But looking back, it was some of the best times we've ever had. Why? Because God was growing us and stretching us through that time. So, commandment number 14, be thankful. Be thankful. This is, this is non-optional, people. This is the will of God for your life. To be thankful. And I, I don't know what everybody's going through that's here this morning. I, I, I can imagine, I know for a fact, there are some people that are going through some very difficult things this morning. But my Bible says that I need to be thankful for those things. Do I have to like them? Nope. But I do need to be thankful. So, question, what are we to be thankful for? Everything. Everything. Now, let, let me ask you a question. Now, okay, having said that, let me ask you a question and, and, and hold on to the first thought that pops into your head. What are you thankful for? This morning, what are you thankful for? Now, I, I can almost guarantee that the majority of us in this room this morning latched onto something that would fall into the category of something good. Why? It's because that's our nature. It's easy to be thankful for something that's good. But what about the things that are not so good? Turn to the second passage of our message this morning in James chapter 1. James chapter 1 says, Every good gift and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variable, neither shadow of turning. <clears throat> Every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. There are four facts about this verse that I want to talk about this morning. And this is the message, okay? The, everything else has been introduction. So it's a really short sermon this morning. Four facts about the goodness of God. Number one, every gift is a good gift. Every gift is a good gift. Now, 
I want to. I want. Let, let, let's look at this verse here for a second, because here we we have two two types of gifts that are described. In verse 17, it says, "Every good gift." Now, what is a good gift? Kind of self-explanatory, right? It's a good gift. And then he says, "And every perfect gift." That kind of changes things, doesn't it? Because a tough situation, a tough, tough circumstance can fall into the perfect gift, can it not? Now, what is a perfect gift? It is, it, l- l- let me put it to you this way. Is the, the, the perfect gift something that you want or something that you need? what we need you know our little dog Sarah uh, she is uh, oh, what seven pounds something like ten pounds she, she weighs about ten pounds and and about a month ago um, inadvertently anyway long story she fell off the back of the couch <laughs> we weren't home she, but she climbed up on the couch and fell off the back of the couch. Well, she, she hurt herself really bad. And subsequently, for the last month, we've been having to cram down her throat pills. You know how much she likes those pills? <laughs> yeah, she don't. See, she tries to bite your finger every time you stick it down her throat. <laughs> my, <laughs> my point is this. There are times where God's got to cram that pill down your throat. Why? Because it's what she needs. If she's going to get better, she actually hurt her back is, is what she did. She pinched a, or, or not a pinched a nerve, but she, yeah, she, she bulged a disc in her back. So the doctor's given her anti-inflammatory medicine to, to get that thing to, to, to come back. Anyway, that, that's not the point. The point is this. There are times that God has to cram that pill down our throat. We don't like it. But it is exactly what we need. It, is, it falls in the category of the perfect gift. As I can have on many occasions, look back over my life, there have been many occasions that I've gone through some very, very difficult things. And I can look back and I can see how God has used that to grow me, to make me a better person, to make me a stronger Christian. See, that is the perfect gift. Now, sometimes... It, I guess it it could be a gift that is a good gift, uh, something, but it's always a perfect gift. So, fact number one, every gift is a good gift because it never goes against Scripture. It always glorifies God, and it is always going to create growth in our lives. 
fact number two. The way God gives is good. The way God gives is good. Let's look at the verse. Every good and perfect gift is what? It's from above. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Let me let me illustrate it to you this way. Let, let me. Uh, we just found out two nights ago, so it had been what Friday night, that my wife likes Magna Magnum Magnum ice cream. Have you ever had one? She had never had one until Friday night, and she came in the house and she she was like. <laughs> hyperventilating to tell me how good this silly candy, or uh, not candy, uh, ice cream bar was, okay? They will be at ladies' comments, I can guarantee you that. They will be at ladies' comments, okay. So, but seeing that I cannot eat chocolate, I cannot experience the ecstasy of a Magnum bar. But anyway, my point is this. So I find out Friday night that my wife likes these, these ice cream bars. So, <clears throat> pretending I went to the store on Saturday morning, and I probably should have, and got her a case of these of these ice cream bars. Amen. <laughs> And I walked into the house, and she's sitting at the kitchen table reading the newspaper, doing I don't know. And I just walked in, poof, dropped them on the on the kitchen table, and said, and and didn't say a word, and just walked away. Do you think I would score very many man points for that? <laughs> a, a few, okay? Why? Because it's not so much. The fact I gave her the gift, it's how I did it. The presentation. But on the flip side, if I walked in with a a case of uh, chocolate bars and I sat down next to her at the kitchen table and said, baby, I I, I heard you last night talking about how much you like these things. So I went to Walmart this morning. I bought you a whole case. I I, I love you, sweetie. Here you go. Do you think my man point that I mean the, the little the little the little register would have just ka-ching, 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 you know I, I mean I, I'd be in good graces for at least a year. <clears throat> See, my my point is this how a gift is given how a gift is given either diminishes or increases the value of the gift. See, God gives the gift from heaven, which makes it even more precious. Number three, he is constantly giving us gifts. You know, the truth is, We give when we feel like it. Do we not? When we think about it, when, when, uh, 
you know, just, you know, when we get in the doghouse, what do we do? We go buy our wise flowers, or you know what I'm saying? You know, we uh, birthdays come around. You know, there's events, there's there's occasions. Um, but see, the, the terminology here in Scripture, and I, I hope you can get this because this is important. The the phrase cometh down is a present tense participle in the, in the original language. And a present tense participle literally means it keeps coming. It keeps coming. It doesn't stop. So the gifts of God that come down from heaven are coming continually. And you think, wait a minute, how, how do I, I don't see these gifts all the time. Why, why, do, why do I not experience these gifts all the time? Uh, when's the last time you drew breath? When's the last time you had a drink of water? Regardless if it came from Fernley. <laughs> you have life. I know that because you're listening to me. Say, but pastor, my life's not worth living. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You have a gift of the people that are, are, are around you. And, and I, can, I can go on and on and on. The gifts of God are plenteous. The sun came up this morning. The sun will set this morning. The, yeah, this evening. <laughs> now, we may not be able to see it from, because of the smoke, but it's going to happen. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> Fact number four, and this is probably the most precious of all. God doesn't change. God doesn't change. Let's, let's read the verse again. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, no shadow of turning. Now that, 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 that term, shadow of turning, is an interesting term. And, and that is this. There's not even a hint, not even a hint that God isn't good. There's not even a shadow. There's not even a possibility of a shadow because he is the father of light. whom there is no variableness. He doesn't change. There's not even a hint about the goodness of God. God is good. And his gifts are good. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Victor Edmund wrote this. In fact, my wife, my wife is the, is the reason I added this quote in because she, she quoted it to me in the last couple of weeks. <clears throat> and it's been on my mind ever since. But it, Victor Edmund said this, never doubt in darkness what God told you in the light. There, there, there will be times that, that God will bring circumstances into our lives that, that will crowd us down. And, 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 and what do we do? We second guess what God showed us in the light. 
And I, I like this quote because way too often we start to second guess and we, we, we start to allow the circumstances to dictate how we act instead of understanding the will of God for our lives. Thankfulness is a choice that each of us makes. And if we are going to do the will of God in our lives, we have to be thankful people. It is, it is a non-optional, non non-negotiable truth that God gives us. It is the apparent will of God in our lives. As hard as it may seem, we need to be thankful for the smoke outside. I don't know how, but we need to be. I don't, I, I don't know how we are to be thankful for the COVID virus. I, I, I don't know, but I do know this. I'm supposed to be thankful for it. I'm supposed to be thankful for everything. I'm supposed to be thankful for every person. Now, I'm sure that if I thought about it long enough and hard enough, I could come up with some positive things that have come out of 2020. <laughs> it's been a hard year. I, I'm, not, I'm not downplaying that. It's been a hard year for a lot of people. But God is good all the time. If nothing else, I can, I can say this with all assurance. I personally know of just since the first of the year of probably five or six people just off the top of my head that have gotten saved as a result of the coronavirus. That's enough right there. And that's just me. I know, I know pastors who, 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 who have, because of the, the having to do church online and do all this stuff, they have literally seen hundreds of people saved because of all of this stuff going on. You know what? I can, I can wear a silly mask and, and I can put up with this stuff because God ultimately will be glorified. The will of God for our lives, the will of God never goes against Scripture. The will of God always brings glory to God. The will of God always creates growth in our lives. The will of God, there's two types, the apparent and the ambiguous. And I can guarantee if you're struggling with the will of God in your life, it's, it's almost always because of the ambiguous. Almost always. We need to be a thankful people. It's a choice that each and every one of us is going to make. Every gift is a good gift. It is a perfect gift from God. God always gives in a way that is good. He is constantly giving us gifts, and he never changes. Commandment number 14. Let me turn back to it so I don't misquote it. Commandment number 14. In everything, give thanks. 
for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What are you thankful for this morning? Are you thankful for COVID-19? Are you thankful for the difficulties in your life? Are you thankful for the challenges that have been coming your way over the last several months? I hope you are. Because they are, God is using those things in your life to shape you and to mold you into something pretty awesome. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work that you do in our lives. And Lord, I truly am thankful for all that you do in my life, the good gifts and the perfect gifts. Lord, help us to be a thankful people. Help us to never lose track of what you're doing in our lives. We truly need to be thankful people. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask you a question. Where's your, where's your thankful meter at right now? Say, Pastor, I, I'm struggling right now being thankful for anything. And, and, and you know what? I've been there. I've been there. Is there anybody who would say, Pastor, right now I fall into that category. I am just struggling to be thankful for anything right now. If that's you, just lift your hand and I'll pray for you. I promise you I will. Okay? Is there anybody who say, Pastor, God has spoken to my heart and he is in the process of changing my heart. And Lord, I want to be, Pastor, I want to be a thankful person. Will you pray for me also? If that's you, just raise your hand and I'll pray for you as well. Amen. Is there anybody that say, Pastor, God has spoken to my heart, maybe about something totally different? I have no idea. I have no idea what God could be doing in your heart in your life. But if there are anybody that say, well, would you pray for me as well? God is doing work in my life too. Amen. Amen. And then last question, then we'll be done. Is there anybody who would say, Pastor, truth is, I don't know the Lord. I've never been saved, but I want to be. I need God in my life. Is there anybody who say, Pastor, would you pray for me that I might know Christ? If that's you, raise your hand and I'll pray for you as well. Lord, you know our hearts. We are a needy people. And Lord, there is a lot going on in our world today. It is a crazy, crazy place right now. And Lord, I just ask that you would guide and direct in our lives, that you would help us uh, to be more like you, and that, Lord, you would change us into your image. Thank you for your love, for all that you do. Be with every hand that was raised. Lord, you, you, know, you know our hearts. You know the circumstances that each of us are going through right now. And Lord, I just ask that you would guide and direct and that you would help us, each one of us, to be a thankful people. We love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.